Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Pack-A-Day Podcast, episode number 375, here for your listening pleasure. Uh, The content is for your listening pleasure, not listening to me, obviously. I'm flying solo today. I'm uh, I'm rolling as as a lone wolf. No matub. Um, It's just me. Me, myself, and I. But really, I don't look at it that way. I don't look at myself as as, as alone doing this, because I I got you guys. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, 375 episodes in, and if you were not living under a rock the past two days, um, the Packers, they had their 19th annual family night scrimmage, you know, where they practice in front of tens of thousands of Packers fans that, that fill the bowl in, uh, inside Lambeau Field, and you know, it's really the, you know, for a lot of rookies and undrafted guys, it's their first exposure to playing at Lambeau Field, and it's their first exposure to playing in front of this many NFL fans in general, so for a guy like Manny Wilkins, who uh, an undrafted quarterback who is currently fourth on the team's depth, tar- uh, depth chart, you know, the Packers, <laughs> the veteran quarterbacks played a little trick on him. He he ran out of the tunnel in front of over fifty six thousand fans, and he thought he was being followed by the likes of Tim Boyle, Deshaun Kaiser, and Aaron Rodgers. But they were playing a trick on him, and Manny Wilkins was running out there by himself. But he enjoyed it. He got a laugh out of it. And it just it kind of shows you these guys are having fun. Aaron Rodgers is having fun, and, and I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. When Aaron Rodgers is having fun like this, and he's smiling as much as he is, and he's cracking jokes, and he's you know he's messing around with Matt LaFleur at practice, and, and Devontae Adams the way he has been the last uh, the, the past week, the first week of training camp, it could be very dangerous for the rest of the NFL. Now, you, know, you don't want to count your chickens before they hatch. We're talking about a 35-year-old quarterback here who's going to turn 36 in December, but at the same time, we're not talking about any average quarterback. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. So, again, we'll get into that later in the show. I know Jacob and Nick touched on this yesterday, and that's the Packers wide receiver group. And it's a group that I I tweeted Friday night uh, during family night that I think it is the most, the deepest uh, that I've seen them in a while from a talent perspective. So before you come charging at me with your 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 knives and your 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 pitchforks and all that, from a talent perspective, not the deepest I've ever seen them. You know, in recent years, <laughs> this doesn't top the the James Jones, Jordan Nelson, Randall Cobb, Greg Jennings group or anything like that. But from a talent perspective, this is the deepest that I've seen them in a long time, just because a lot of these guys are just making plays. And Aaron Rodgers said as much uh, this past week. He said that there's going to be some really tough decisions to be made, especially you know at the wide receiver position as far as cutdowns go in September. Some of the guys at the bottom of the roster, they're they're making their case, they're making their presence felt in practice, whether the pads are on or off, whether it's a light walkthrough, it doesn't matter. These guys are making plays, and you know Aaron Rodgers a year ago, like his tune has completely changed. Last year, he just absolutely destroyed. You know some some of the young receivers and the way they were practicing. He was very, very uh, not he, he was not pleased. Okay, with with how they were practicing. That them you know Jamon Moore, Equinemius St. Brown, Marquez Valdez Scantling. He he wasn't pleased with how they were practicing. Um, of course he had nothing but good things to say about Jake Kumaro. Obviously that's that's run of the mill stuff. Just another day at the office for for Kumaro, Obviously, but um, things are a lot different. Here in 2019, he said, you know, he said Marquez Valdez Scantling has emerged 
as a leader as far as practicing the right way. He said he said good things about, about all, all of these receivers, all of these young guys. And, and you know, Equinemia St. Brown, he said, and I quote, EQ is a very steady guy. He's the same guy every day. He's a very smart, intuitive, attentive, detail-oriented guy, and I think he practices the right way, end quote. So he he's obviously – I don't think he's doing that just to – you know because he doesn't want to piss anybody off. He doesn't want to give – you know, a new head coach, any bad vibes or anything like that, or new, you know, Alvis Witted, the new wide, wide receivers uh, coach. He doesn't want to give anybody that bad vibes, obviously. But Aaron Rodgers has never shied away from saying, you know, what he needs to say. You know, this is the same guy who we've seen take very subtle jabs like Mike McCarthy over the years, or or, or you know, voice his displeasure very subtly, you know, about about various topics, but. He had nothing but good things to say about these wide receivers, and some some of the the guys at the bottom of the roster, uh, Tio uh, Tio Redding, uh, Darius Shepard, Alan Lazard. You know, a lot of these these guys are making plays in practice, and it's just going to make this very difficult. And it begs the question: you know, how many how many receivers are they going to go into the regular season with? That is is going to you know kind of going to be the deal breaker. You got Devontae Adams. I, I don't need to say he's a lock because he's obviously a lock. Okay. Geronimo Allison, EQ, MVS, Jamon Moore, who might make things interesting, is a fourth-round pick. And I don't think the Packers will give up on a fourth-round pick just going into his second season, you know, learning a new offense and everything. And from what I'm hearing out of a training camp, he, he has improved uh, as far as the drops go. That was a big problem for him in his rookie year. He was catching things with his body. He wasn't really using his hands. He has no problem creating separation, and he's gotten a lot better as far as catching the ball goes. So that's that's a huge stride for him. And if he's making those strides, at what point do you draw the line and say, oh, you know, he's shown enough to the point where we want to keep him on the roster as, you know, a developmental guy. Because if you stash him on the practice squad, I don't think he's going to last very long. Okay. Now, outside of, outside of those guys, then you got Jake Kumaro, who is – constantly making plays in practice he's on the same page with Aaron Rodgers you know he was a training camp standout a a year ago he's a training camp darling this year he was he absolutely killed it uh during family night in front of 56 56 uh thousand fans sorry I turned into Mike Tyson for a minute um how long do you ignore that and I'm I'm just as look I'm just as guilty as anyone because I didn't – when I made a roster prediction back in May – okay, granted this was back in May. It was like mid-May. Okay, it was told super early. And I said that in the title. It was, it was Jacobson's, Jacobson's super uh, early, unnecessary <laughs> roster prediction, whatever it was. But it was very unnecessary. I didn't have uh, Kumaro making the roster. I had Trevor Davis taking that final spot. So that had the Packers going into the regular season with six receivers. They could always go with seven and sacrifice an extra offensive lineman or you know an extra uh, an extra running back, which it's starting to look like they're going to carry multiple running backs. I mean, Aaron Jones has been held out in the last few practices. Jamal Williams has been held out. It's been Dexter Williams uh, and, and Tra Carson really running the show. And Corey Grant, the, one of the newest acquisitions, he hasn't really gotten many reps. He's probably going to play a vital role on special teams as a return man, which could make things interesting uh, – for Trevor Davis, because he is the Packers' primary return man on, on, on punts, um, on kicks. So is he going to be able to hang on to a roster spot? But the thing is with Trevor Davis, he's making plays on offense now. And 
David Bakhtiari, the Packers' starting left tackle, he he has even said that this offense is perfectly suited for Trevor Davis. Like this, like this is Trevor Davis's calling. It, he's going into he's going into his fourth year. Sorry, I think for a minute at a, at a brain fart. He's going into his fourth season. He was injured for most of 2018. He had a great year as far as returns go in 2017. 2016, he played scarcely on offense. He caught a touchdown uh, against the Atlanta Falcons from from Rodgers uh, in that game where Jeff Janis was getting reps, and you know it was a, a and Geronimo Allison kind of broke out a little bit that year. But um, yeah, he's beginning to make plays on offense. He had a crazy catch over uh, I think it was I think it was Nidare Rouse, uh, one of the Packers' undrafted corners last night or, or on, on Family Night Friday night. Sorry. Um, like he, he he elevated, went after the ball. The, the highlights are, are all over all over Packers.com, by the way. Or if you have a Twitter, you can just search up. I mean, the clips are everywhere. Um, but yeah, he's beginning to make plays on offense, and he has that speedy skill set that that Matt Lafleur could definitely use and find various ways to to implement in certain packages. However, you want you want to get him reps. But there is no question right now that he's the Packers' most talented return man, and that that hasn't been proven wrong. And that probably won't be proven wrong um, until the preseason. Packers play uh, against the Houston Texans August 8th. They play every Thursday for uh, for the ensuing month throughout the preseason. Uh, they go to they go to Baltimore the next week, by the way, then into Oakland for week three. Um, in Canada, technically, but you know. Anyways. And then outside of those guys, outside of that that seven, that's where things are just gonna kind of really, you know depend on the preseason reps, what these guys can do in live action when they have the pads on, they're playing in front of fans, they're playing in front of uh, opposing defenses. Because the, the talent is there with these guys. That's why I feel like this group is just so freaking talented. And Aaron Rodgers likes them. That's really as clear as clear cut as that is. Obviously, his guy's favorites. He loves Jake Kumaro. I don't know what else to tell you. But this group is very interesting. And... I just think cut-down day is going to be very difficult as far as the wide receiver position goes because this is, I'm going to echo what I said, this is definitely the deepest talent-wise that I've seen it in a good while. I feel like we need to talk about the Packers' kicking competition a little bit because this is Mason Crosby we're talking about here, okay? This is the Packers' all-time leading scorer, okay? And I don't know if you guys know, but the Packers have been a franchise for a pretty long freaking time, so... That's a little bit significant, and he, you know, he didn't have a great year last year. He lost a couple of games off his leg alone. He's injured right now, dealing with a calf injury. He hasn't been able to practice. It's been Sam Ficken. The Packers signed him in the spring. He's been getting all of the reps at kicker. He, he's, he's been kind of, he's been meh. I think that's the best way to put it. He's been meh. Okay. He didn't have a great night at family night. In the bowl, in front of 56,000 fans, he pushed multiple kicks wide right. Now, the good thing about his night is that he hit five of his last six, and one of those five was a 63-yarder to end the night. That that ended the practice. It was it was that was the that was the note that the Packers called him. It was like an, after an hour and 50 minutes or something like that. It was a um, Average average practice time, you know, under uh, Lafleur's watch. But it, it's just, it seems like Mason Crosby, he's winning this kicking job without even actually kicking. 
he hasn't participated in camp. He's still nursing that injury, and obviously they're, they're taking every precaution possible. That's as a kicker, your calf is pretty much your bread and butter, your 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 entire the core of your legs. That is where you're going to make your money. But he's winning this job by not doing anything. Sam Ficken, he has it in his grasp. He has everything. Everything is laid out in front of him for him to take this job and to end Mason Crosby's tenure as a Packer. And the Packers would save money if they, you know, made one of those surprising cuts uh, at the end of August, or early September. You know, during final cutdown day. You know, when if they decide to part ways with Mason Crosby, they save a save some cash in the bank and roll with a new kicker. Mason Crosby, Mason Crosby, excuse me. He, <laughs> he hasn't had competition at kicker since Giorgio Tavecchio in 2013, who, by the way, is still on an NFL roster. Forgot all about him. And then Thursday night, I'm watching the Hall of Fame game. The Falcons are kicking off. And who's kicking off? It's Giorgio Tavecchio. Anyways, that's just it's it's an interesting kind of battle to watch. You know, even though one guy is is competing and the other one isn't. You know, it's just the the circumstances surrounding Crosby and, and you know his what he has meant to the franchise over the years. It kind of makes it you know worthwhile. So moving on, the scene is family night. Devontae Adams is lined up across Nidair Rouse in the red zone. Deshaun Kaiser at quarterback. In comes Jair Alexander. He wants the rep. Rouse steps aside. Alexander comes in, takes Devontae one-on-one. Devontae beats him through the back of the end zone and you know catches a touchdown pass. It was a really nice throw from Kaiser, by the way. But you know what? That speaks to Alexander's just the growth from year one to year two. And that just that that cocky attitude that the Packers really need on their defense and that everyone seems to love. And I I go I, I dive into this topic because Devontae Adams, Matt LaFleur, this past week, they said nothing but good things about Alexander. And you know, Alexander, this past uh you know this past offseason back in the spring, he he voiced his aspirations. He made it clear he wants to be an all pro this year. And I, I personally I think it can happen. Multiple outlets has has, has has pegged him as the next breakout corner, the next big thing at the position. And it helps. It helps when every practice he's lined up across from Devontae Adams, you know, who, like one of the finest route technicians in football. You know, it's there is probably nobody better off the line of scrimmage than Devontae Adams right now. And, you know, a lot of people who, who hear that, they might call it biased. But that, look, watch Devontae Adams' tape, okay? Everything he's done the last two years – Hell, even three years. Just just watch it. Watch what he does to oppose, uh, opposing cornerbacks off the line of scrimmage. And, I mean, we saw, we saw it at family night. He he shook Jair Alexander out of his boots. I don't know if it was on that, uh, that rep I was referencing, but it was one play where Alexander was matched up against Adams, playing man. Adams just shook him out of his freaking boots. He beat him handedly off the line. But the thing about that rep that made it so special was that Alexander recovered quickly. He recovered fast. And if any of you follow me on Twitter, it's on my timeline from from Friday night, late Friday night. So you can go back and look at it. There's there's a clip of it. But I just I, I look. I loved what Devonte Adams did right off the line. But the thing that impressed me the most was Alexander's recovery speed. And you know he he led the Packers in pass breakups last year with 11. He you know battled a couple injuries here and there, and he he. Only played in 13 games, and he had to leave three others because of injury. So, 
The Packers kind of need him to stay healthy, especially if he wants to, you know, make those aspirations real. Because he has the potential. That that there is no question about that. The talent is there. The 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 projection is there. He is he is going to be very good. He just need he needs to stay on the field. And that's the guy who is going to be matched up against the number one receiver when they come to town. Okay, that's that's going to be that's going to be the like, like the the security blanket of your defense. You know, and, and Aaron Rodgers, he, he he said it as much last week. You know, he said Alexander, he isn't scared. He doesn't have that itis. You know, when when big receivers come to town, like he he looks forward to that. So just having that mentality on the Packers defense, I think, just kind of shows you how much it like the defense as a whole has kind of changed ever since you know not since Dom Capers was fired. I'm not looking at it that way, but ever since Mike Pettin was brought aboard in January of last year, like the changes have been obvious. There's more grit in this defense. You know, they're like for example. They signed a guy like Antonio Morrison last summer, and he was just an absolute vicious middle linebacker who was not scared to shoot gaps. He was not scared to play in the teeth of the defense and just tackle guys. He was not scared to get physical. And the Packers, they have more guys like that now. Zadarius Smith, massive dude, he's not afraid to get physical. Preston Smith will just destroy you one-on-one. No more Mike Daniels, obviously. He's now with the Detroit Lions, but he was, you know, he was another kind of embodiment of exactly what I'm talking about. It's just, I love what the Packers defense can, you know, what they, what they are going to be able to do. At least on paper right now, this is probably the most impressive group that I, you know, that, that they've had in the last few years. And look, all Aaron Rodgers has ever needed, if he plays at his at a sustained level, a sustained level that Aaron Rodgers is just Aaron Rodgers, where it makes you go, okay, oh yeah, this guy's good. Now we know why this guy is, you know, one of the best in the league, one of the best ever. All he's ever needed was an average defense. But this, what the Packers have right now on paper, with the acquisition of Adrian Amos, with with bringing aboard both, both Smiths, and the drafting of Rashawn Gary, who has been absolutely explosive in training camp, he was explosive on family night, Oh, and, and oh, can't forget Darnell Savage. Packers finally have a formidable free safety who might be able to just lock down one side of the field. You know, once he kind of gets his his sea legs under him and really gets accustomed to the you know the professional playing style, this defense has a chance to be above average. They have a chance to to break that top ten cusp. And if they can do that, and Aaron Rodgers can play just good, good football. His level of play last year will be fine if this defense can play top 10 football. That's the 4,400 passing yards and the 25 touchdowns and just two picks. You know, could do with a little less throwaways, obviously, but there are reasons for that. There's context for everything. This team, the build of this roster right now, and the attitude of this defense, Jair Alexander included, that level of confidence that is absolutely contagious and, and absolutely just fills the locker room. They have the chance to be something special. 
Now, they haven't even played a, a preseason game yet. There's still a lot of things that have to come together in the field. This new offense of Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers still has to, you know, figure out who his guys are and kind of who who you know, who is best fit for this scheme. You know, that's something LaFleur has to figure out. That's why Jake Kummerow, I don't think, is, is is an exact roster, you know, an exact roster lock right now. You know, it's, it's going to come down to whether or not LaFleur obviously feels Kummerow is the best fit for his scheme, regardless of how many plays he makes. You know, he might have guys that he feels are better fits. Who knows? Injuries can happen. That's me knocking on wood, by the way. Injuries can happen. Anything can happen. Haven't even played a preseason game yet, but the projection, it, it's sky high right now. So there are so many reasons to be optimistic right now moving forward as the Packers begin this coming week prepping for their first preseason game of the 2019 season. They have joint practices with the Houston Texans on August 5th and August 6th. So anybody going to those, attending those, look forward to them. J.J. Watt coming back to his roots in Wisconsin. It's it's going to be fantastic. Jair Alexander against DeAndre Hopkins. J.J. Watt against uh, David Bakhtiari. It's going to be fun. And I envy any of you who are going to be there in person. So that will do it for this episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I was your host, Zach Jacobson. I say that now because I didn't say that at the beginning of the show because I'm an idiot, as most of you know. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, uh, review. Did I say subscribe? This ain't, this ain't YouTube. This ain't YouTube. Be sure to like and leave a review um, on, on iTunes. Do whatever you guys got to do. I hope you enjoy the show. And we'll be back with a brand new episode for you Monday morning. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and go Pack Go.